chapter number 3 this morning, the book of Hebrews, chapter number 3 and verse number 7. The Bible says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear His voice. Title of my message today, not only is it a message, but it is a three-Sunday series. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Father, I thank you that you indeed have a desire to speak to your people. And I thank you, Father, that, that if we will listen, if we will tune in, if our ears will be attentive, we can hear what you would have us to hear. And Father, especially today, may we tune in to hear the word of the Lord this morning for the glory of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Hello? Hello? Can you... Hello? Oh, man, this guy's talking up here. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me now? Good. Oh, good. Thanks. Can you hear me now? You know, God has spoken to man in so many ways that I wonder if maybe he might be saying to us today, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And by the way, this morning, how does God speak to man? Well, God has spoken to man in many different ways. He's spoken audibly. God has spoken to man through visions and dreams. He has spoken through angels. He's spoken through prophets and priests and preachers. He has spoken through His Son. He has spoken through His Spirit. He has spoken through His Scriptures. Over and over and over and through many various methods and means, God has attempted to speak to man. And surely God must be saying to us this morning, Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? So for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about how God speaks to man. As I've already mentioned, there are many, many ways that God speaks. And yet, yet in the next three weeks, I just want us to concentrate on three of the many ways that God speaks to man. And these three that I have picked out, and I'm going to concentrate on these next three weeks, is is I believe that God speaks to us. First of all, He speaks to us through His Scriptures. And I also believe that God speaks to us through His servants. And I also believe that He speaks through His Spirit. So today we're going to begin this series, and we're going to talk today about, about the fact that God wants to speak to us today through His Scripture. Now the problem with man is, is that he has selective hearing. I remember when I was a little bitty boy and I'd go to grandma and grandpa's house, grandpa was hard of hearing. But he wasn't nearly as hard of hearing as he liked people to think he was. Grandpa really had selective hearing. And we would be sitting in the, in the living room and my grandpa was a sitter and my grandma was a doer. My grandpa, uh, I don't remember him ever doing anything but spit and whittle. But I never remember an idle moment that my, uh, of my grandma. She was always doing something. She was shelling pecans or she was cleaning somebody's house or, or she was cooking or she was making jams and preserves. My grandma was a doer. My grandpa was a sitter. And I'd be sitting in there with my grandpa and grandma would be in the, in the kitchen and, gr- and grandma would say, grandma would call out to my grandpa, Joe? And, and grandpa just sat there. And grandma, because he knew grandma's in the kitchen and grandma wants something out of him. And so he would hear again, Joe. 
And Grandpa would just sit there, Joe, and he'd look over at us and kind of a little twinkle in his eye and kind of grin. Actually, I said that wrong. I just, I just now remembered that. But anyway, he, she would say, pop, pop, pop. And he would just sit in there and, 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 and kind of grin. And then Grandma would say, Joe! <laughs> and when Grandma got to Joe, Joe knew, Grandpa knew, he better get in the kitchen. The problem with man is we have selective hearing. Most, most of us only hear what we want to hear. Uh, it happens in church every single Sunday. I'm amazed at what people hear from the pulpit and what people don't hear. It's amazing. Because we usually only hear what we want to hear. We have selective hearing. There was a certain man uh, who, who every single time he ate his favorite food, he would experience extreme pain in his feet. And so finally he goes to the doctor and he tells the doctor. And, and, and the doctor examines him and the doctor tells him, man, you've got gout. You have gout. And, and the doctor told the man, said, it's, it's what you're eating. It's what you're eating. That, that is a con- contributing factor to your problem. And, and man, if you, want this, if you want this pain to go away in your feet, you're going to have to change uh, your diet. You're going to have to stop eating what you are eating. Well, the man returned home and his wife asked him what the doctor said to him. And, and the man said, well, the doctor told me that I, I might as well expect extreme pain in my feet about three times a week. Let me understand that just because somebody speaks to us, that doesn't guarantee that we're listening. That doesn't guarantee that we are hearing what they are actually saying. No, people say, well, well, God never speaks to me. Well, well, he might speak to this one and that one and somebody else. He may be speaking to everybody else, but God never speaks to me. But no, 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 God is speaking to you. He is speaking to you. In fact, he is speaking to you right now through your God-called pastor. He's speaking to you today through His Scripture. Now just because you may not be listening, that doesn't mean that God is not speaking. And just because you have selective hearing and and you tune out everything that He says that you don't want to hear, that doesn't mean that He is not speaking. Can you hear me now? This morning I'm talking about how that God speaks to us through His Scripture. I understand that God speaks through many various other ways and means, and yet, and yet primarily He speaks to us through His Scripture. It's not the only way that God speaks, but primarily and more often than not, He speaks to us through His Scripture. The fact of the matter is, everything that we really need to know in life can be found in this book. You see, God really doesn't have to say not even one more word than He has already said in His Scripture. And yet people run around all over the place looking for a word. Pastor, do you have a word for us? And they run to this prayer meeting and they run to this group and they run to this one and that one looking for for a word, somebody to give them a word. Word. And they're looking for a word, and yet all along they are neglecting the word. Can you hear me now? Let me tell you something this morning. The word is a whole lot more reliable than a word. I'd like a little help this morning. 
I said the word is a whole lot more reliable than a word. Do I believe that God can give us a word? Absolutely, I do. But I really don't need a word if I am feasting on the word. And how many understand that a word must line up with the word? And how many understand that a word can be very dangerous? A word can be very deceptive. How many know that that, that people can give you a word that will promote their own personal agenda? People can give you a word in order to manipulate you, in order for you to do what they want you to. To do. But on the other hand, the word is always on target. The word is always reliable. The word is always true. The word will never mislead you. So I ask you this morning, do you need to hear from God on a matter this morning? Do you need God to speak to you about a certain matter in your life? Then let me encourage you today to get your nose in the word. Get your name, your, your, your nose in the scripture and ask God to speak. Through his scripture. Well, let me suggest six things about the word today. Because I believe that God wants to speak to us through his scripture. Let's talk a little bit this morning about the reverence of scripture. The reverence of scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 20 and 21. No prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. But those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. What is this saying here? It is telling us that God is the author of scripture. God is the author of Scripture. Now, now I understand that God used man's hand to write with. I understand that God allowed the personality of the writer to come out in the writing. But hear me this morning, God is the author of Scripture. And I tell you this morning that if God is the author of Scripture, then I ought to have a holy reverence, amen, to God's book. I should hold the Scripture in the highest regard. And that is why that I always ask you to stand when I read my text because I believe that we should honor, I believe that we should reverence, amen, the word of the Lord. Let me tell you something, this is more than a good book. Gone with the Wind was a good book. The library is filled uh, uh, with good books. This is more than a good book. This is God's book. This is God's book. This is God's love letter to man. This is God's owner's manual. You see, he owns us, and just as your car owner's manual tells you how to maintain your car, and it tells you how to get maximum service out of your car, and how to make your, your car last longer, so the word of the Lord will do for us, amen, and it will do for our life. Therefore, we ought to be in awe of God's book. We ought to be in awe of the word of the Lord. We should possess a holy reverence of Scripture. Let's talk about the reliability of Scripture. And I want you to get this this morning. The reliability of Scripture. And I'm telling you that the Word of God is reliable. Now my head is not in the sand. 
And I understand that there are many questions and there are many arguments concerning the reliability of Scripture. Whether or not this truly is the Word of the Lord or not. But let me tell you that not even one of man's questions or arguments has ever disproven Scripture. Not even one. On the other hand, scientists and researchers have proven the Scripture over and over and over and over when they discover they discover something in the world or they discover something in the universe. But lo and behold, it was already recorded in the Word of the Lord hundreds of years before their so-called discovery. Now, I don't have time this morning to go into a long, uh, get into detail about the reliability of Scripture. So, so, so I've, just, I've just come up with some statements. I just want to give you some statements, and they're in your bulletin. I want to give you some statements concerning the reliability of Scripture. And I've got to go through these quickly this morning. Let me just give you these statements. First of all, the unexplained, we're talking about Scripture and whether it's reliable or not. The unexplained is not necessarily unexplainable. The unexplained is not necessarily unexplainable. You see, just because I can't explain something to you, and there's some things, I'm your pastor, but, and I've been reading this book all of my life, but there's some things in the book that I, I, I don't totally understand. And there's some things in this book that, that, that I, I can't explain. And there are some questions that some people might have that I don't have the answer for. But just the unexplained is not necessarily unexplainable. Just because I cannot explain something to you, that in and of itself doesn't mean that there is no explanation. So don't write the Word of God off because there's a question that, that your pastor can't answer or your neighbor or your best friend or somebody else can't I promise you somebody can answer the question. I promise you, you can ask your doctor some things he can't, he, he don't know. So he goes to his medical book, or he goes and he calls a colleague, or he sends you to a specialist. Or that specialist sends you to another, you know what I'm saying? There is an answer, whether I have it or not, there is an answer. The unexplained is not necessarily unexplainable. Number two, second, second statement I just simply want to make is that, that just because there appears, say appear, just because there appears to be a contradiction in Scripture doesn't mean that there is. There's a lot of things that appear a certain way, but it's not that way. There is an answer. There's a reason why. And maybe it's recorded one way in one Scripture and another in another. There's an answer or a reason why it is recorded differently or written uh, uh, whether or not I personally have that information or not. Now, sometimes it's as simple as focus or context. How many know that I could have five people stand up here this morning and, and have five people to, to take a look at this congregation? And I could take them out in the hall. And I could say, What did you see? And all five would have a different answer. They all saw the same thing, but they focused on something different. And there are many things in the word of the Lord where, where it says three here and it says five there or one here and it says three here. And, and, and it's, it's simply incomplete 
information or one is seeing one thing, other saying the other. It's not a contradiction. It looks like a contradiction on the surface, but it's really not. Number three, don't take a verse or verses out of context. And we love to do that. We Pentecostals, we really love to do that. Don't take a verse or verses out of context. Interpret the scripture in light of its context. Interpret that particular scripture in light of its particular set of circumstances, the particular setting that it is in. A lot of the reasons why we don't understand some of the scriptures because, is because we don't understand the Jewish culture. If we understood their culture, we'd better understand this book. Number four. Understand the difference between universal promises and principles and general statements. Some statements are a general rule. For instance, the Bible says, you know, that, that, that I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but it says, I think in Proverbs, I believe it is, don't have it written down, but, you know, the Bible says, you know, that, uh, that, that you know, if we serve the Lord, that He'll make all of our enemies, you know, uh, be at peace with us. Well, it's just a general rule, state, a statement. Uh, I, I do my best to serve the Lord, and I've had a few enemies that weren't very peaceful. But by and large, you know, on, on the whole, and in the general rule, I, I don't have a lot of problem with, with very many people. So understand the difference between universal promises and principles and general statements. Some statements are as a general rule. Some are emphatic, and we need to understand the difference. Number five. Number five, don't teach absolute doctrine from obscure passages. Don't, don't teach absolute doctrine from obscure passages, and people do that. They, they, they get some little obscure passage, and they, and they use that as some kind of a loophole. They use that as some kind of a permission slip to do something that, that, that the Word of the Lord in its, in, in, in its entirety, in its whole, says, don't do that. But they take one little bitty thing and, and, and make a big doctrine out of it. Don't do that. Number six, interpret difficult passages in light of clear ones. There's a difficult passage. Keep searching until you find that same subject in in, in clear and and interpret difficult passages in light of clear ones. Number seven, number seven, this is big. Just because the Bible records something, that in and of itself doesn't mean that it automatically approves of it. The Bible records a lot of things that that, that it doesn't approve of. And we think, well, it's in the Bible, so I can do it. No, just because the Bible records something, does that in and of itself doesn't mean that it automatically approves of it. Number eight, interpret individual Scripture in light of all Scripture. Interpret individual Scripture in light of all Scripture. Well, see, the truth of the matter is, if you want to have a problem with Scripture, if, if you're looking for an excuse not to believe it, you can, you can find one. Because there are apparent, apparent, say apparent. There are apparent discrepancies in Scriptures. On the surface, there appears to be some contradictions. But if you'll look deeper and if you will study further, there is an answer. There is an explanation. And just because we may not know what that is, that doesn't mean that there isn't one. Scripture themselves have proven themselves over and over and over again to be reliable. Let's talk a little bit this morning about the resources of Scripture. 
2 Timothy 3.16 says, The Scriptures are profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for correction and for instruction in righteousness. And Hebrews 4 and 12 says, The Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit and between joint and marrow. And it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The Bible says that the Scriptures are for doctrine and reproof and correction and instruction. You see, everything that we need to know about loving God and living life according to, to, to what will please God can all be found in Scripture. Do you want to know what it takes to be saved? It's found in Scripture. Uh, do you want to know the difference between right and wrong? Scripture will tell you. Do you want to know uh, 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 how God expects you to act? He already told you in Scripture. And it doesn't matter what you're talking about, whether you're talking about the temporary matter or you're talking about eternal matters, the Scriptures speak of both. Scripture will tell you how to be a good mate. It will tell you how to be a good parent. It will tell you how to be a good son or, or a good daughter. Scripture will tell a boss how he ought to treat his employee. It will tell an employee how they ought to treat their boss. Scripture tells us how to manage our money. It tells us how to be a good neighbor. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on today. Listen, friend, too many people are asking God questions that He has already answered in Scripture. And people spend thousands upon thousands of dollars at the counselor's office seeking advice that God has already provided in Scripture. God placed the Scripture in the hands of man and He said, Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Let's talk a little bit this morning about the rebuke of Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16 again says, Scripture is profitable for reproof and correction. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 says, Preach the word, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Well, I've discovered that a lot of people don't read the word because they don't like what it says. And a lot of people jump around from this church to that church to another church looking for some preacher that is going to preach to them the good things they call the good things out of this book and what they want to hear. How I many of you have ever been rebuked or, or chastised by this book? Either by reading it or by a a message taught or preached out of it. I, I had a man in my church in Midland, and every time that I would preach about God's love, every time I'd preach about the grace or the mercy of God, I always knew after the service he was going to come up to me, and every time, without fail, he would tell me, I really like it, Pastor, when you preach these kinds of sermons. But you see, that was because he was a mess. And he needed a boatload of God's mercy and a boatload of God's grace. Let me just be honest with you this morning. I, I love to preach about the love of God. I love to preach about God's grace and God's mercy and His long suffering. But how many understand that's not the only message contained in Scripture? Yeah, the Scriptures talk about God's love, but it also tells me about God's wrath. This book tells me about the blessing of obedience, but it also tells me and talks to me about the curse of disobedience. 
This very same book that tells me about the glory of heaven also tells me about the horrors of hell. Jesus said in Revelation 3.19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. What did Jesus say? As many as I what? As many as I love, Jesus said, I rebuke and chasten. Hebrews 12 and 11, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. Well, duh. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful. But afterward, say afterward. Afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this Way. Hear me this morning, church. God wants us to read and God wants us to study His book. Amen. He wants us to listen to His ministers teach and preach His word. Oh, to encourage us? Absolutely. And many times we need to be encouraged and we need to hear an encouraging word from the man of God. But we also need to be rebuked sometimes. We also need to be reprimanded sometimes. Sometimes we need the word of the Lord to convict us and show us the error of our way. You see, the scriptures are like a compass. A compass will let you know what direction you are going. And the compass is always right. I don't care how you feel. The compass is right. Somebody said, I think it was an airline pilot that said, Trust your instrument, not your instinct. Your Your instinct might tell you that you're headed north. But if you look at the compass and the arrow is pointed, arrow is pointed to the S, you're not going north. No matter how much of a Daniel Boone you are, you've messed up somewhere. You're going in the opposite direction. I'm going to tell you the word of the Lord is like a compass. And we may think we're going in the right direction. And we may be thinking we're doing pretty good in our life. But then when we get out the scripture and we read the word of the Lord. And we think we've been going north. But when we read the word of God it shows us no we're not going north. We are actually going south. That somewhere along the way we have gotten off of the right path. Somewhere along the way we've made a detour. Somewhere along the way we've gotten in error. And I don't care how you feel, feelings, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't care how you feel this morning. You better trust the instrument and not your instinct. Amen? Word of the Lord's like a compass. It'll tell us when our lives are headed in the wrong direction. Do you want to hear from God? Do you you want God to speak to you? Then read His Word. Study His Word. Come to church Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Hear the preacher and the teacher expound on the Scripture. God is asking us this morning, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Let's talk real quickly about the restrictions of Scripture. James 1 and 22, do not... It says, be... But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. In James 4 and 17, if you know what to do but you don't do it, you have sinned. You see, the Bible is black and white about a lot of things. It's not black and white on everything, but it's black and white about a lot of things. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. What part of thou shalt not Don't you understand? And yet people run around talking to everybody they see, trying to get someone to justify what God said plain and simple in His Word not to do. Now, 
Hear me this morning. The Scriptures are much, 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 much more than just a list of rules and regulations. The Scripture is much, much more than just a bunch of thou shalt and thou shalt not. But let me tell you this morning, a list does appear. It's not just a list of rules and regulations. It's not just a list of thou shalt and thou shalt not. But the list does appear in Scripture. You see, in Scripture, God tells us what He loves and He tells us what He hates. In Scripture, He tells us what pleases Him and He tells us what displeases Him. Oh, He tells us what to do, but He also tells us what not to do. All of this can be found in Scripture. And some of you have been asking God if it's okay for you to do something that you are wanting to do in your life. And you are frustrated because you don't think that God is answering you. But truth be known, God doesn't need to send you a text. He doesn't need to Facebook you this morning because He has already spoken about this issue in Scripture. God says, study the Scripture and see what I have already said about it in my Scripture. And God says, can you hear me now? Finally, this morning, let's talk about the resilience of Scripture. 1 Peter 1, 23 through 25. For you've been born again and your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word. Of God, notice the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass, and the beauty is like a flower. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. Well, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will remain forever. What did Peter say about the scripture? He said they were alive. He said they were eternal. He said they are going to remain forever. Let me ask you the question this morning: Who do you trust? Who do you trust? Where do you place your faith? Where do you place your confidence? Do you place your faith and your confidence in some self-appointed know-it-all expert that believes everything he reads? Well, I got on the internet and I saw... Is that what your faith is? Is your trust and faith and confidence in some self-appointed know-it-all that found something? He's found some so-called discrepancy or contradiction in Scripture, and so now he sets himself up as some kind of an expert when the truth of the matter is there is an answer to the question whether or not we know the answer or not. There's still an answer, and somebody's got one. And there's a reason and an explanation for the apparent contradiction. And just because we may not have the explanation doesn't mean that there isn't one. I ask you this morning, who in the world are you going to trust? Some critic that is looking for a loophole, some critic that that's looking for a reason not to believe the Scripture? Are you going to believe some critic that, that points out error that in fact isn't even error at all? Are you going to put your faith and trust and confidence in somebody, amen, that's doing something wrong and in a wrong road and they're, and they're looking through Scripture trying to find something, some error or some contradiction or anything that will justify the way they are living? Are you going to place your faith and your trust and your confidence in Scripture that has stood the test of time? All the Scriptures have had their critics from the very beginning. You're not new. You're not special. 
And you're not half as smart as you think you are. I'm talking to the critic. I'm not talking to you this morning. Please understand. The scriptures have had their critics from the very beginning. Oh, the critics come and the critics go. And yet the scripture is still the number one bestseller ever. The critics live, but the critics die. And the scripture lives on. God placed the scripture in man's hand. And he said, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? If we could have the worship team get ready to get back in place this morning. For three Sundays, we're going to talk about how God speaks to His people. How many believe God still speaks today? We're going to talk about how God speaks to His people. Today's teaching is God speaks through His Scriptures. Friend, God can and God does speak in many other and various means and ways. But listen to me this morning. Listen to me. Primarily, primarily, He speaks today through Scripture. If you want God to speak to you, then open His book and start reading. If you want God to speak to you today, come to church on Sunday morning and come back on Wednesday night and hear the word of the Lord taught and preached and proclaimed and proclaimed and explained. If you need to hear from the Lord, if you want God to speak to you today, open his book and start reading and let me help you this morning. Let me help you this morning. This is Bible 101. Read slowly. Read, read slowly. And if you don't understand it, read it again. And if you still don't understand it, read it again. We're not in some contest where you're going to get some prize for the one that reads the most scripture between now and Sunday. This isn't Sunday school. This isn't children's church. Don't try and impress yourself or anybody else with how much, how many chapters that you read. Well, it's great you read 30 chapters, but do you understand any of it? Better to read three verses and understand it and let God speak to you than read 30 chapters just to say you read 30 chapters from the Bible. And I'm a pastor and I read the Bible every single day. And still sometimes I have to read something two or three times before I get it. And then sometimes I still don't get it. Sorry, I'm... You thought I knew everything, didn't you? Well, I don't. The only thing different between me and 30 years ago, and that is I've got enough confidence to just tell you I don't have every answer. I don't understand everything, and I don't even agree with everything that's in this book. Yeah, I'm bold enough to tell you I don't even agree with it. I don't even agree with the way God does things sometimes. I don't understand it, don't agree with it. Wouldn't do it if I were God. But I'm not God. And a scripture I discovered a long, long time ago that tells me that His ways are higher than my ways and His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. That my thoughts and my way of doing things and God's are so far apart, they're so far, as far removed, the Bible says, as the heavens are from the earth, that's how far removed our thinking is and our understanding is. So sure, I don't understand it all and I don't agree with it all because I don't think like God thinks. Amen. But I also, at the end of the day, say, God, 
You're smarter than I am. And your ways are better and higher than my ways. Your thoughts are correct. I'm wrong. You're right. I'm wrong. Still don't understand. But I trust you. My faith, my trust, my confidence is in you. So if you need to hear from the Lord, study His, read His book. Read His book. And, and don't try and see how much you can read, but read to understand. Read until you do understand. And, and, and ask God when you, when you read the Word. Don't just read the Word, but ask God. God, speak to me here. Speak to me in these scriptures. Speak to me. And then open your spiritual ears and listen and let God speak to you. Let me tell you something else that a lot of pastors won't tell you. Get you an easy reading Bible. You are not a scholar. You are a student. You are a saint. So get you, an, I don't care if it's third grade reading. Get you an easy reading Bible. Better to read a third grade level Bible than let the King James Version sit on the coffee table. I'm not preaching against the King James Version or any. I'm just telling you, get you a Bible that you can understand. Easy reading Bible. New Living Translation, even the Message Bible. It's paraphrased, but it's, I'm just talking about for reading. You're not a scholar, you're a student. God wants to speak to you today and He will speak to you primarily through Scripture. God has given us His Scripture and God says, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Would you stand with me in His presence today? Father, I thank You, Father, for the Word of the Lord today. Lord, the infallible